Sister Molly and the kids, I shouldn't say sister, my wife, Molly, and the kids came be here this morning. They left me high and dry, <laughs> went to the beach without me. Um, <laughs> they're not here with us this morning. Um, I'm going to take off this afternoon, so pray for safe travels down. This morning, I had to take the dog to my brother's house, <laughs> and uh, he's going to watch after our little dog, which I'm trying to so if anybody wants a dog. You know, the kids aren't here, so I can say this, you know. <laughs> Wants a cute little dog? Hey, it's all theirs. Um, but I was going over there. I, I got real close to his house, and uh, there were sheriffs everywhere, and I was like, what is going on? Well, he lives right beside Bethel Church down there, the mega church. <laughs> and I was like, goodness gracious. I was like, if, if Bethel was a co- convenience store, <laughs> that place would be like Bucky's. I don't know if you've been to Bucky's. <laughs> It's an extravaganza, I'm telling you. <laughs> but that was pretty funny. Uh, Psalms 84:11 says, "For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will He withhold for them that walk uprightly. The Lord God is a sun and shield. He will not withhold any good thing. The Lord is good. The Lord is gracious." The Lord is merciful. The Lord is compassionate. And he will not withhold all them to his children here in this life. Praise God for the goodness. He's a son. He, bring, he is light personified. He shines all his blessings upon his people. Not only does he does that, he's a shield. He's a buckler. He's a defense system. We can go to him for things that we experience here in this life. And that's on a second to second, a minute to minute, a day by day, hour by hour. It doesn't matter with the Lord. We can come to him as a son of blessings and defense unto us upon all the evil that we're surrounded by. When we're surrounded constantly by evil, but the Lord is a son. He's a shield. He won't withhold anything that's good. The Apostle Paul asked several questions in Romans 8 and 31. He lists seven questions I want to talk about a little bit this morning to you. He says, what shall we say, then say to these things? And that's our, my question to you today is, what are we going to say to these things, not only to these things, but in the days ahead, based on what he has just told us? He says, what, then, what shall we then say to these things? Or what are these things, Brother Tim? He says in verse 28, and we know that all things work together for what? For the good. That's what, the Lord is not going to withhold anything good to them, okay? He says, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. It's to those children of God that love God. Loving God is a sign that you have been born of the Spirit. Love is part of the uh, Spirit. It's part of that ninefold fruit of the Spirit, love. You, you won't love God if God ain't first loved you, okay? I need to quit saying okay. <laughs> we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called. He's going to tell you who, who are them that love God. It's to them who are the called according to his purpose. God had a purpose for you. He gave you to his son. He says, you, and you will be called to them who are the called according to this purpose. It's one of the most 
misquoted scripture, God's not working evil and God's not working all things here that we experience here in this life for our good. Okay, he's not working with the LGBTQIA. That is not working for my good. It's not, okay? Jezebel, he wasn't working with Jezebel. I mean, she was evil. We think we're having a boy. We're going to name him Titus probably. It ain't going to be Jezebel, I can tell you that. And I can tell you what, Jesus, God was not working with old Jezebel. I mean, she was medieval, okay? So it just takes a little common sense to be able to look at that verse and know that God is not working everything there is for your good. But he's going to tell you about all things. He's working together for your good. And I want you to know, what are we going to say to these things, these glorious things? He says, for whom he did foreknow or forelove. God foreloved a people before time ever began. It's, this is right here in these next couple of verses. is our timeline from eternity past to eternity future. The things that we don't know and we don't understand. He's going to tell us right here, you're taken care of. Okay, if you love God, you're taken care of. He knew you before time ever began. He loved you. That's what it, that means. For whom he did foreknow. He loved. He gave to his son. It's glorious. I'm telling you, right now, he's going to tell you all the good things that he is doing for his people. So we don't, when we're asked the question, what shall we say to these things? We can say, if God be for us, who can be against us? I don't care what you're going through. I don't care. It's like the Shunammite woman. It, you know, it's like, it is well. It wasn't well. She just lost her son. I mean, it is not well. But she, because of the grace of God that's in her heart, she knew and she could say with confidence, it is well. It is well with God and it is well with her. I don't know how that is. I would be in shambles. I came back with the question, what do you mean? Is it well? <laughs> or is everything okay? My son just died. You, you tell me how it is. No, she didn't say that. I mean, that's what I would have said. I'm sure of it. I'd be like, well, you tell me. She said it plain and simple and to the point. It is well. If God be for us, who can be against us? I don't care what's going on in the world. If God's for you, nothing can be against you, okay? For whom he did for know, he also pre, did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. There's going to be many people wrapped around the throne of grace, <laughs> the throne of God in heaven one sweet and glorious day, because he... Jesus was the firstborn among many brethren. I don't have any doubt that it's going to be more people there than I would think. <laughs> All right? Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. That's all. You know, the Spirit, you know, God, uh, Jesus, is, he says, the wind bloweth where it listeth, and you can hear the sound thereof. Can't, can't tell whence it cometh or where it goeth. So is everyone that is born of God. We don't know when it's coming. You know, David, when he was a baby, you know, the Apostle Paul, when he was on his road to Damascus, you know, the thief on the cross, it doesn't matter. We don't, we don't come up with this. We don't make a child of God, but the Lord can in, a, in an instant to the most vile human being you can think of. That thief on the cross was medieval. You may hear that a lot today. The Apostle Paul was medieval on the way to hurt Christians, to take them captive, to be, you know, God is great. He can do mighty and wonderful things. And if he is for us, who can be against us? Okay? And he called, and then he also justified. He justified you on the cross of Calvary. Okay? 
He justified Adam. He justified the last heir of grace. They ain't even been born into this world yet. That's the only reason the Lord hadn't came back yet because he still got one coming. I got one coming in January. I have to preach this to God before me. Who can be against me? Us. Woo. <laughs> he says, what shall we say to these things? Let me glorify. What, what, what are you going to say? You know, what's your answer? You know, we always ask questions in, in sales. We try to you know, give questions, open-ended questions. You just don't ask a closed-end question. A closed-end question, you get a yay or a nay. You know, it's an open, open-ended question. What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who are the us? Those are the ones that he's working good for, okay? God be for us. I love the us. Who? I love it. He, he comes with the who's, the what's. Who is it? You know, he's, I don't think he's, Paul is saying, of God before us, who can be against us? No, I'm sure he's coming with it strong. He's like, what shall we say to these things? If God before us, who can be against us? That needs to be our cry every day. No matter what comes up, it is well, okay? If God's for us, we're going to be in eternity with him. What a glorious day. I don't care what's on the road ahead. God has done all this good for us. What shall we say to these things? If God before us. Who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us, what? All things. God didn't spare his son. He didn't spare, uh, you know, John the Baptist. He got his head cut off, you know. There's, so, there's been many martyrs, you know. God, you know, he spared, he spared David's life when he committed, you know, the evil sin with Bathsheba. You know, he deserved to be stoned, but God spared him. God spared a lot of people, but he didn't spare his own beloved son in whom he was well pleased. He spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all in the hands of wicked men. And he would get crown of thorns put upon his head and get beaten and slashed and spit upon, you know, mock him. He didn't even spare his own son for you, for us. Good. God is great. He spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How bad was that? He shall, and he shall not with him also freely give us all things. We are saved by grace. We say grace is what? Grace is free. It's the unmerited favor of God. That's what that means. It's unmerited. You know, in Cub Scouts, Boy Scouts, you get little merit badges. You know, you did something. You worked for something. You may get it at work. You may get, you know... Congratulations, you know, get these merits. Merit is something you earn, you work. You're not saved by your works. You're saved by grace. It's freely given to every elect child of God. And you're an elect child of God if you love God, okay? I said it. (laughs) How shall he not with him? God gave him Jesus. How shall he not with Jesus, okay? Put that there. Also freely give us all Things here, foreknowledge, predestination, spiritual call, a quickening, made alive again in what? In Christ Jesus. If God be for us, who can be against us? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? You're going to charge yourself. You know, I feel every day with the weight of my sin upon me as I go day to day and I'm grievous, but it's nothing. I can't even charge myself. Nobody else is going to charge you. The devil is not going to charge you. 
They charge you every day, but it ain't no good in God's court. He's the supreme court of the universe. Ain't nothing going to get past God. Ain't nobody going to charge one of his little children to all would be with him in glory. Why? Because he spared not his own son, and God is for you. He's not against you. He didn't, he, he didn't all things work together for good. It ain't all these bad things. These are all good things. And we can rely upon him and say it is well when things come up. It is well. God's for us. Who can be against us? I want somebody to tell me who's going to be against me when God of the universe says you are not guilty based upon the shed blood of my precious son. He says, who shall lay anything to the charge? It is God that justifies. Justifies me. He declares you righteousness. That's our Bible verse this morning. He made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the what? The righteousness of God in him. Thank you, Lord. Who shall lay anything? It's God that justifies. That's the gavel. That's the gavel. That's the courtroom I want to be in. I said, you know, guilty, not guilty. Well, God says you are not guilty and you can't be tried in a court of law once you become for the same crime. And the crime that was committed by Adam fell upon all his children. So, we, you know, the sins we received from Adam and our sins that we create every day, God paid the sin debt and he got the job done. He will never be charged ever again. That's worth praising God about. That's worth getting up and coming to the house of God to hear that God so loved us that he gave his only begotten son. And you, nobody, nobody, no thing, not the devil himself, and he is very powerful. He ain't afraid to come at Jesus on the Mount of Temptation. He ain't afraid to come at you when you wake up. And he ain't afraid. I couldn't even get my garage door closed this morning. I Finally, I said, well, I'm going to have to come back later before I fly out because it ain't happening, and I'm wasting <laughs> i got to get to church. <laughs> Not that I miss church for an open garage door, but you know what I'm saying? It's all kind of stuff going on. <laughs> who shall lay anything? Who, I, I love, he's just saying, who, who shall lay anything? Who is he that condemneth? Who, I love Paul. He's just like, who, who, come on, tell me. Fire away. You're not going to get past the judge. God, God that justified. It's Christ that died, yea, whether that's risen again who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Who shall separate us? Who? Tell me. That's what Paul said. It's like, who? Bring it. This is as solid as it gets. Why do you preach Romans 8 and 28 through the end of the chapter all the time? Why? Because it tells me from eternity past to eternity future, when I have every doubt, every day, of what's going on, if I'm going to make it another day, I saw retirement coming, you know, I finally saw it in the tunnel, and then we were blessed with another child, and it faded. It was gone, okay? (laughs) I don't know what tomorrow holds. I know who holds tomorrow, okay? And this is great. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Who's going to do it, okay? Nobody can. Nobody can separate you from the love of God. Nobody can condemn you. Nobody can lay anything to your charge. Why? Because God works all things for his glory. And he will call you one day. He, will justify, he justified you on the cross. And he's going to glorify these old nasty bodies. I tell you what, we're going to go into the grave in corruption. We're going to be raised in incorruption. Thank you, Lord. 
Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? And he goes on. He says, shall tribulation or distress? I don't know about you. I got a little tribulation. I got a little stress in my life. A little anxiety all the time. I was umpiring baseball yesterday and I have more anxiety from the parents than I did from the players. You know, you got like three teams, you know. You got the home team, the visiting team, and then you got the umpiring team. And it's just you and your partners, two of you, versus about a mob scene out there. <laughs> that creates some anxiety, stress. But just the day-to-day, -day, you know, I go to the doctor every year, you know, and I get stress and anxiety from now. What's he going to tell me is wrong with me? I feel okay. But people don't go to the doctor because they don't want to... <laughs> They don't want to create any more anxiety or stress in their life. Just keep going right through. Tribulation or distress? Persecution? You ever feel like you're being persecuted? I'm telling you, if you're a child of God, you're going to get persecuted every day that you wear the faith. Every day you identify as a Christian, you're going to be identified as somebody who is hateful. And that is not right. The Lord said, they will hate you because they hated me. All right? Distress or persecution or famine, you know, things are going to get willy-nilly. You're going to point in your life when the money runs out by the end of the month. i got to come up with some more. And or nakedness or peril or sword, as it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. He says, nay, and all what? These things... Our sun and our shield. God is for us. Who can be against us? Paul is persuaded. I love to be persuaded in the doctrines of grace. That's why we preach it. You know, Lord wrote the Bible. He is the author. He got Paul to write to the churches. Ephesus is preached right there. You know, and Jude is preached. And Peter is preached. All about the foreknowledge of God, the predestination of God. The calling of God, the justifying, the glorifying. He says, I'm, nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. More than conquerors. We're not just conquerors. We are more than conquerors because of what God has done for you and for me. And we can be persuaded by that. I like to be persuaded by the preacher. I like to be persuaded by God. Now, I'm not going to be persuaded until God has put in my heart his spirit. No child of God, but he says, nay, in all these things, all these things that could come upon us every day that we walk, every day that we talk, we deal with this every single day. He says, we are more than conquerors, more than conquerors through him that loved us. I love to preach about the love of God on undeserving sinners. And you say, boy, I don't feel like an undeserving sinner. Better watch out. I tell you, when you look at the holy God who loved us, who gave his son for us, who knew you before you ever even thought about coming into this world, the Lord knows them, what? That are his. That's love right there. It's hard to love somebody who's unlovable, but God did. God loved you, and he loved me. He says, we, things we are more than conquerors to him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life we deal with death every day. It's all around us. You know, David talked about walking in the shadow of death. That's what that is. It's, it's death. The death is coming. We're more than conquerors to him that loved us. And death is going to be a great thing. And we don't look at it that way. But it's the best thing that will ever happen to a child of God. To be in eternity forever in the throne room of heaven with our Savior. I, I, I'm telling you. 
Paul was persuaded. Not death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come. All these things, what shall we say to these things? Nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God. Nothing is going to separate you from God. Not death, nor life, not things above, not things below. Nothing coming from heaven. He didn't go to sin, angel. If God's for you, God, it's God who justifies you. It's Jesus has died. Yea, that's risen again. If Christ wouldn't have been resurrected, we'd still be in our sins. What we're doing here this morning would be just simply in vain. I would have no hope message to give you. I love encouraging messages. I probably, it's probably my calling. I don't know. I, I just like to be encouraged in the Lord. David encouraged himself in the Lord when he was going through stuff. You can't go through a day without having some kind of trial, some kind of tribulation. What's next? You ever had that question? Oh, what's next? I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I don't know if I'm coming or going, going left or right, up or down. I, just, I, don't, I ask myself the question when I say something to, to Molly, I say the wrong thing. It's like, why did I say that for? <laughs> what were you thinking? You know, what is going on around here? And, uh, but... God before us and all these things, who can be against us? He is our son of blessings. He is our shield when we need him. We need him every day. I need him every day. You may not need him every day. Things may just be white picket fences and everything's just going along willy-nilly, all is well. I'm telling you, when you look to the Lord, who can be against you? That's when you, that's when you can reach down and you can go to this first. I can tell you, right down there at Bucky's, they ain't preaching Romans 8 and 28. I can tell you that. You know, keep your head up. What the world does, we need to keep our head down. And when we say down, we need to keep it down at the feet of Jesus. You know, we're not to look, you know, think more of ourselves. We're not to think less of ourselves. We're just supposed to think of self less. All right? We need to look to the one of God before us. Who can be against it? We can't be, you know, I can be as strong as I want to, but if I ain't got God on my side, I'm perish. Listen to what David said when uh, going up against Goliath in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 17. He, well, this is what David says. Okay, this is what he says. He says verse 44, this is what the Philistine had to say to David. He says, come to me and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field. Now, he's putting a threat out against David and his kingdom. We receive those threats every day. They may come in the form of an email. I don't, there's a lot of things, you know, that we see and we do and we touch that are coming at us. And the Philistine is like, this is, guy's going to be mincemeat. He ain't afraid of what he has to say. You know, uh, uh, Brother Harold Hunt, bless his soul. I love what he says. He says, you know, you just let the Bible say what the Bible has to say. You know? <laughs> and this is, <laughs> anyways, and the Philistines said, you let the Bible say what the Bible say. And what do we have to say to these things this morning? This is what the Philistine has to say to David. Listen to what David has to say to the old giant. He said, come to me and I'll give thy flesh into the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field. Then said David to the Philistine, Thou camest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, 
whom thou defiled. He came out here with earthly things. David's come up with heavenly things. He's come up with the, the God who is for David. <laughs> Nothing can be against him. He, he went up against, it wasn't an underdog story. You have to understand that. We all love a good underdog story. How could David say this? Because he knew that God was for him. Who could be against him? If he was going in the name of the Lord, then he was going to be victorious. Whether he won or lost that battle against him, he was going to be with the Lord. And so he could go up with confidence and say, if God's for me, who can be against me? Not this Philistine giant who stood head and shoulders over him. You came with me a sword and spear. He probably didn't even have to come with uh, carnal weapons. He could have just came and thumped him on the head and he went back 50 feet like you see in the cartoons and stuff or these weird movies that I don't know how it happens. But that, I mean, it didn't take a sword and spear, but he thought he needed that against this young lad, this young shepherd boy. But David's like, you came with me with all this, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts. If God be for me, you, you're definitely not going to be against me, old Philistine giant. We read there in uh, 2 Kings, with a young Shudamite, when all things were not well. Things weren't well when she lost her son. God's with us. God, I want you to read a little bit about David. David was sought out by Saul time and time again. He went up against the Philistines. David was going up against everybody. And listen to just what the, a few verses in the Psalms, what David's got to say. Psalms 27, he says, The Lord is my light. He's my son, remember, and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? If God's for us, who can be against us? Who am I going to be afraid of if the Lord is my light and my salvation? That's the one thing that uh, is the biggest, uh, you know, the biggest thing upon each child of God here in this life is my eternal salvation. Do you agree or... I'm telling you, that should, should be the most important thing. You know, Paul preached to the Corinthians. He said, I would say nothing other than Jesus Christ and him crucified. Wouldn't that be a good place to say, you know, I want you to know nothing other than Jesus Christ and persevere to the end of the road. I mean, that, his crucifixion is, seals it all up. He got the job done. He came to pay for the sins of his people, and he got it done. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Okay. <clears throat> the, <laughs> Psalms 46. Verse 4, he says, or, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Why is it trouble all the time? Because there's trouble. It don't, from Adam all the way to the last era, you're going to come into some trouble. <laughs> it's just a fact. In this world, you shall have what? Tribulation. It's not a matter if, it's just a matter when. Uh, he is our refuge and strength, a very present help in, in trouble. He says, therefore, will we not fear through the earth be removed and the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea? Global warming. Volcanoes, you know, it doesn't matter with the Lord. We, we don't have anything to fear. Why? Because God's with us. God loves us. He gave his only son. He didn't spare his own son for you and for me. God is great. He says, the waters thereof roar and be troubled. Though the mountains shake with swelling thereof, Selah. There's a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God. The holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. 
God shall help her in that right early. Verse 7 says, the Lord of hosts is what? He's with us. God's with us today. God's with you today. He is our helper. He's a very present help in time of trouble. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. He's a place we can go to. We can go to the throne of grace. We can go to him traveling down the road. You can go to him anytime. That's how great he is. He doesn't take appointments, you know. <laughs> He's at our beck and call. He is with us. He is for us. God be for us. Who can be against us? Nobody. Nobody. Nothing. Nothing above, nothing below, nothing tomorrow, nothing yesterday. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. He says, verse 10, be still and know that I am God. I'm with you. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is what? Is with us. When nobody else is by your side, you can look, and there's God right there beside you. He is with you. He's with you through the troubles. He is with you through the rough waters. Though the mountains be moved into the sea and the seas roar, is what he's talking about. God is with us. The Lord of hosts is with us in verse 11. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Psalms 56, verse 4, he says, In God I will praise, in God I will praise his what? His word. In God have I put my trust. I will not, what? Fear what flesh can do unto me. If God is on your side, we should have no problem relating to this verse. Why should you read the Bible every day and not just hear it and read it on Sundays? Because you can look to these verses. Because you're going to have the same kind of, different kind of troubles, and different kind of things that come upon a child of God. And you can glean off the things that God has given us because God's with us. He's in his word. He's written the word of God, the testimony of his precious son, Jesus Christ. In God, I will praise his word. I will, in God, I have put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do unto me. In verse 11, he says, or verse 9, he says, When I cry unto thee, then shall my enemies turn back. This I know, for God is for me. Not only is God with me, God is for us. He is for us in foreknowledge. He's for us in predestination. He is for us in the calling. He, he was there for us on the cross of Calvary, paying every sin that you'll ever commit here in this life. And our eternity future with the Heavenly Father is secure when he laid his life down on the cross. But when he rose from the, the grave, we are saved by his what? His life. That's how we're saved. We're not only by his death, but we're saved by his life. When he raised victorious, God was for us in all that. Who can be against us? When I cry unto thee, he says in verse 10, and God, I'll praise his word, and the Lord will I praise his word. And God, have I put my trust, I will not, what? Be afraid what man can do unto me. Why am I afraid what man can do unto me? God is for me, he's with me, he's beside me. He was with me, we were with him on the cross. We were with him when he raised victorious. We are in Christ Jesus. Psalms 118.6 says, The Lord is on my side. I will not fear what man 
can do unto me. You know, a lot of times we react the way Moses did. Uh, we turned <laughs> and in Numbers chapter 11, you know, what shall we say to these things? Well, a lot of times it may just be just like Moses did. He says, then Moses heard the people weep throughout their families, every man in the door of his tent, and the anger of the Lord was kindled greatly. Moses also was what? Displeased. Moses said unto the Lord, Wherefore hast thou afflicted thy servant? Some things had come upon you. I thought, what did I do? <laughs> okay, I say it. I've said it before. Like, what is going on? What did I do? You know, what, what is it? You know, Moses asked the Lord, he says, Wherefore hast thou afflicted thy servant? Wherefore have I not favor, found favor in thy sight? Ain't I doing things the right way? Aren't I, you know, crossing my T's and dotting my I's? I thought I was. Evidently, I'm not. I have that conversation in my head. It's like a squirrel, you know. I do. I, I don't know about you. I do have those conversations. Moses is like, what did I do? Why have I not found favor in thy sight that thou layest thy burden of all this people upon me he's blaming God he's like what did I do you put this burden on me he says I, I conceived all this people like I didn't they're not my kids why am I stuck with this task why is this oh, I'm receiving this trouble when I thought I was doing things that are right he says have I conceived all this people have I begotten them that thou should say unto me, carry them into thy bosom as a nursing father beareth the suckling child into the land which thou swearest unto their fathers? When should I have flesh to give unto all this people? For unto them saying, give us flesh that we may eat. I'm not able to bear all this people alone. He knew it. He's like, I, I can't do it. All right. I need some help. I need some very present help in time of need. I need you with me. I need you beside me because these people are overbearing. I didn't even born these kids or these children are many. And they, now they want flesh. You've done supplied them with getting out of Egypt. You've supplied them with manna. You've supplied their every need. You sent a cloud by day and a fire by night to lead them along the way that God is with us. Who can be against us? He's like, well, I don't have flesh to give unto them. Give us flesh that we may eat. I'm not able to bear God is able. We are not. This is what he's saying right here is, I'm not able. But we can be able with God because he is able. He is with us and for us and all these things. That God is good and he is great to his children. He says, uh, Moses, like, I'm not able to bear them. He's like, they're just too heavy for me. If thou dealt with us with me, just go ahead and kill me, I'll pray. I mean, he is distraught. He's like, just go ahead and put me down. I pray thee out of the hand, if I have found favor in thy sight, let me not see my wretchedness. Moses, wretchedness? Moses knew what he was without the grace of God. He knew what he was without the favor of God. He knew what he was when God, he didn't feel like God was with him. And he's going through some trials, and he, they're just hounding on Moses. And he's like, I can't do it. I didn't bore him. And they're out of control. You know, you just supplied them with everything. But we get that way. We we, look, we don't look back at the blessings that God's given us and how he's carried us along every day. You know, I got the information about having another child and I quickly forgot about all those blessings, but I was telling somebody else, like, I had the same conversation in my head with Tabitha, my oldest one, and then Baker, and then Mitzi Jane. It's like, how am I going to do this? What is going on? 
you know, how are we going to make it another day? You know, it hadn't, she, she or him hadn't even came into this world yet. And I, I, I can look back and I can see how God has been with me and for me and by my side. And I can, I can take another step. I can move another day. Why? Because God is for me. God is for me. Who can be against me? It says, the Lord said unto Moses, Gather in 70 men of the elders of Israel, whom thou knowest by the elders of the people and officers unto them. And he goes to 17, he says, I will come down. This is what the Lord said. He says, I will come down and talk with thee there, and I will take care of the spirit which is upon thee, and will, I will put it upon them. And they shall bear the burden of the people. He's going to help Moses out. He's going to give them 70 others. He's going to help. He's a very present help in time of trouble. So God's going to say, all right, I'm going to help you out, Moses. He says, now bear it not thyself alone. He said he couldn't do it by himself. Moses said, I'm not able to do it. So God said, I'm going to do it. I'm going to come down and I'm going to help you out, brother. He said, and say unto the people, sanctify yourself or set yourself apart. Set yourselves against tomorrow and ye shall eat flesh. For ye have wept in the ears of the Lord, saying, who shall give us flesh to eat? For it was well with us in Egypt. Therefore, the Lord will give you flesh, and ye shall eat. Sometimes we need to be careful what we ask for. And so the Lord's going to be like, all right. I'm just fixing to show you something here. He says, you shall not eat one day, nor two, nor five, nor ten days, nor twenty days. We're going on a month here. He goes, but even a whole month, they're going to eat flesh. He says, until it come out. Your nostrils, <laughs> we went, uh, a while back, years ago, we were fishing up at my papa's house in North Carolina, and us teenage boys, we didn't know to carry food with us uh, on the boat, you know, we were just wanting to go fishing, and uh, we fished most of the morning till about lunchtime, and it got too hot, we came, came home, and on the way home, KFC buffet, <laughs> and when you're teenagers and you ain't got a lot of money, you know, it's a few extra dollars, you can have all you want, because we were always hungry. <laughs> this is it's like, ding, 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 let's hit there. So we, we filled up, we're stuffed, and we got back to my papa's house, and my mima always cooked a full spread meal. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I was like, you can't say no to mima. And so we sat there and ate on top of what we ate, and I felt like it was coming out my nostril. <laughs> it was a bad scene. Uh, he couldn't disappoint me, Ma. But this is what he's about to do. He's fixing to load them up. Crying to me, you know, and miss all the blessings that I've been with you each step of the way. And now you want to go back to Egypt? He's like, you know, put it on your bib. You're fixing to eat. All right. He says, come out your nostrils so you're loathsome unto you because that ye have despised the Lord which is among you. The Lord was among them, but they still wanted something else instead of what God's got for them. All right. God has been with us. He's for us. The Lord which is among you and have wept before him saying, why came we forth out of Egypt? Moses said, thy people among who I am are 600,000 footmen. Over half a million people. And you're fixing to tell me. He's questioning what the Lord's power. He's questioning the Lord being with him. <laughs> it, Moses, he says, the people among me are over half a million people. The Lord's for you. 
Nobody can be against you. I don't care how many people you got. He can feed the multitudes. He has done that time and time and time again. When things get rough, the Lord is with us. He says, and thou hast said, I will give them flesh that they may eat a whole month. A whole month of flesh. You're going to do this over six hundred, over half of a million people. And now he does what we do. Moses turns to himself. He's going, okay, how am I going to figure this out? I've got to do it my way instead of the Lord's way. He says, shall the flocks and the herds be slain for him to suffice him? He says, or shall all the fish of the sea be gathered together for him to suffice them, to take care of them, to satisfy their need? You're going to feed them a whole month, not one day, not two days, not five, not 20, but a whole month. Boy, it still feels like it's coming out my nostrils. From that experience long ago. And the Lord said, said unto Moses, is the Lord's hand waxed short? It's not too short. His ears not too heavy that he cannot hear. His arms not too short that he cannot save. Do you understand that this morning? If God's for us, who can be against us? I love Romans 8 and 28 through the end of the chapter. So nobody going to separate you from the love of God. If the Lord's hands waxed too short, Moses, is it, has it failed to power? He has all power in heaven and earth, and he's going to give eternal life to all that the Father has given him before time ever began. We can rest on that. The Lord's hand is not waxed too short. The battles that we face ahead, the things that we're going to come across on a daily basis, the Lord's hand is not waxed too short that it cannot save it. It will feed the multitude. It will feed your heart. Uh, here in this life what is these are things that we can say these are things that we can look to the lord when people ask the question who shall lay anything to the charge of god's elect well you can tell them it's god that justifieth who's going to lay anything to the charge you know condemn you and i we can say that jesus has died yea risen again who is at the right hand of the majesty on high who maketh intercession for us the gods before us who can be against us it's god that sent his son he didn't spare his only son. That's why <laughs> his hand is not waxed too short. He knew what needed to get the job done. So he sent redemption to his people. He kept in his covenant forever. <laughs> Holy and reverent is his name. What does John say that we should do? What, what, what does John say in 1 John? I want to end this morning. We talked about how much God loves us. How much God Send his son. That, that is love. That's redeeming love. We sing the song, redeeming love. It's been my theme. It shall be till I die. Thank God for his love that he would see us, see us that are undeserving and still not spare his only son. Not spare. The best of heaven had, he sent down for you. He sent down there for me. God be for us. Who can be against us? His hands are not waxed too short. There's never a time when God's power gets weak. We get weak. Day to day, I was, never mind, I'm not going to go there. But I, I just want to end this morning in First uh, John chapter 4. And I just want us to carry out through this week. He says, First John chapter 4, verse 4, Ye are of God, little children, and have what? Overcome them. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. He's given us all things that we stand in need of to be one day with him in glory. 
He's given us all these things. If God's for us, who can be against us? He says in verse 7, Beloved, this is what he's got to say. Let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone that loveth is what? Is born. Not will be born, is born. You catch that? Everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. He exemplifies love. I mean, he can't think of a greater love story than that and his precious children. There's none of us will escape only by the grace of God. We will be with him in heaven. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God, what? Toward us, because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might, what? Live through him. Here in his love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. He's his covering. In the blood atonement, he's covered us from the wrath of God. He expiated our sins. We'll see him no more. He doesn't remember our sins ever again. He's put them behind his back. That's love. <laughs> we constantly come out at him. He said, here in his love, not that we love God, but he loved us. He says, verse 11, Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought also to love one another. I love Bethel, and I love you. And I love being here on Sunday morning. And I want you to know that God so loved you that he gave his only begotten son. He sent his son into the world for you and me. And at least I can do is love one another. That's what John said. What did we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? So we shouldn't have any problem reading verse 11. If God so loved us, we ought to also love one another. Makes it a little bit easier when people have wronged you, people may have done something against you. We can love God. We can love his children, the sheep of his pasture, because God loved us first. God sent forth his son. What shall we say to these things? God's for us. Nobody can be against us. Nothing. Nothing in this world. Nothing in the future. I'm telling you. I love when he asked the question, what shall we say to these things? What shall we say? I want you to go this week and when things come up, I want you to have that in your head. What am I going to say? What am I going to say to this situation? God's for me. <laughs> Nothing else matters. <laughs> Nothing can separate me from the love of God. Let's love one another as God so loved us.